Coming up on this episode of That Change Show, how do you even create options when people don't see the problem? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to That Change Show. I'm your host, Jason Little. And before I get started, there's a few ways you can catch these. You can catch the video versions at leanchange.tv and obviously the podcast versions at thatchangeshow.com. We're pretty much on every platform out there. So this is a weekly 15-minute show where I take your questions from Lean Coffees, from workshops, all around the world and try to give you some helpful information so you can get your change unstuck. So let's get into this question. This was from a Lean Coffee session, uh, fall-ish 2021 in Colombia. And the question was, how do we even generate options for change when people don't see the problem? All right, so let's start this one off with a story. Many years ago, well over a decade ago, I was working as a product owner in an organization and we had an interesting pattern for releases. We would release over the weekend, mostly on Sundays, and then spend the week fixing everything that was broken as a part of that release, which drove me crazy as the product owner. So I'd previously worked in that organization as a scrum master, as a professional services manager, so I was in front of the clients. And uh, when I took over as product owner, I, I couldn't believe that that's the way things worked. And the interesting thing about you know this week's question, getting people to see that problem, there, in my eyes, it was a problem. Like, this is crazy. You know, the technology exists for us not to have this problem in the first place. Why aren't we dedicating any time to it? But the decision makers and the leaders were like, well, it's cheaper for us just to hire support people. You know, they can deal with this stuff all day long, just uploading files and stuff like that. So it's cheaper to do that than it is to actually fix it. So it was kind of like, hey, maybe we do recognize the problem, but it's not really a problem because we'll just throw people at it. And of course, you know, I knew many, many years later that they would go through an agile transformation. Sure enough, they did. It was actually a friend of mine that went in there about 10 years after I was there. Um, and they had split into functions and things were in such not good shape that they actually needed to do uh, a transformation. They're doing, they're doing pretty well now, but back then, um, you know, sometimes as change agents, you can see things that the clients can't see. So when you come in and you see these problems and you see that, you know, there's an iceberg way down there and the ship's going to hit it, sometimes they have to hit the iceberg, first of all. So tip number one is really consider multiple perspectives and consider if this is just something you're inventing. Now, I know I have a bad habit of inventing problems, so I have something to fix. Um, I've told this story on many blogs and, and, and writings before. Uh, I was working in one organization, we were doing daily stand-ups, and they had just got boring. They were enterprise level, so, you know, 30, 35 people would be in the room three times a week. And it got to a point where it was just very, very boring for me. So uh, this was after I've discovered that I have that pattern. So I put up a flip chart and I said, hey, how's this meeting going for everybody? It's totally worthless or it's awesome. I can't live without it. Um, put a little X on this continuum, uh, this line, and, you know, let us know what you think and we can change it up a little bit. And two people marked on that board. And uh, I brought it up at the end of the week after the board had been up there for, for about a week. And um, it was all in my head. They said, no, we can't live without this. We have to keep doing this. Please don't change it or stop it. So tip number one is really think about whether or not this is something that you're inventing, something you're seeing that's not really a problem. So the whole idea with Lean Change is validate that validate the problem with the people who you actually think have the problem. Um, 
going in with the attitude of here's a problem I have to fix you is not likely to get people to move forward. Tip number two is reflecting the problem with powerful questions. So this is a standard coaching tool. Um, I went into one organization, they wanted to bring in an agile coach pretty early. I think they were maybe 20, 25 people or so. And the founder took me on a little tour of their building and they had a gigantic building already because they were trying to hire like crazy. And as he brought me around, he said, you know, there's the, there's the office where the project manager sits and there's the office where that tester sits and the other office is where the other tester sits. Everybody was separated by function. Um, and, you know, coming in as an outsider right away, I go, yeah, there's no hope for this organization. They're not an agile organization. If this is the way the leader has set up things, they're going to have to hit an iceberg ahead of time. So you'd ask the questions, hmm, interesting. So tell me more about how you work in an agile way. And then they would give you some insights and some information. So, hmm, uh, so I did notice that, you know, you've got people that are working together on these, these same projects, but they don't all sit together. You've got tons of space. You've got lots of open space. Tell me a little bit more about that. You know, what is, what is it around, you know, setting things up the way that you've set things up? So when we start to poke and we start to ask questions, Still, you know, it might plant a seed in people's brains and I've experienced this a lot and I mentioned this a lot as well. It might be three, four, five, eight months, two years, whatever down the road and the client or the people in the organization are going to say, you know, I think maybe we should try this or maybe we should do this. And it's something you talked about and suggested way, way, way back when. And you kind of want to stab them in the eye with a fork. You're like, if you had just listened to me, Two years ago, this wouldn't be a problem anymore. And that's the wrong attitude to have, but it's it's a natural human response to things. That's when they've hit the iceberg. That's when they see the problem. So the best you can do is to try to uh, poke and ask questions and try to reflect what you see. And then if people with multiple perspectives see things the, the, in a similar way, then you can start to work towards options. If they don't see it, you're just gonna be pushing water uphill with a stick. And the last tip is what do you do when all else fails? So in an organization I was working in, people were being forced to move into a co-located working space. They were coming to us as the coaches, not to their managers, because they were pretty freaked out that they're gonna lose the safety of their gigantic cubes. They're gonna be sitting elbow to elbow. They're gonna lose their dual monitor setup and just, it was a pretty big change for this organization. And so what we did was when this open space uh, opened up for people to sit in, um, we put a flip chart paper up on the wall and said, how is the space working for you? Is it, you know, is it too noisy? Is it just right? What would you like to fix? You know, what's working well, what isn't working well? And within a couple of days, all of the red stickies had dominated this board. So there were lots of stuff that people didn't like about it. And that, really sent a shockwave through the organization. Now, when we did that experiment, um, that, that was one of many options that we had. And we thought, well, you know, just given the vibe and the culture and the system and how things are going here, we need to do something that is going to show that we're there to help people through this change. So we put this up, got in a ton of trouble for it. Long story short, the problems got fixed. Eventually, one manager took all those red stickies and we created a little experiment board for her. And she would actually answer those questions and start to do experiments and fix things for everybody who was in that area. Now, these guys were really functional. So, you know, there was a little bit of, well, you know, there's developers, testers, project managers, product managers, everybody in there. Should I only help my people? 
that report to me or should I help everybody? And it sounds crazy, but that's just the way things were. It was highly functional and they hadn't really talked about this before. This gave them the opportunity to talk about it. When it came time to do the next open space working area, it was more voluntary. People were invited in to kind of configure and change the space. Teams were asked if they wanted to join these things and there was more freedom for people to do this. Now we can't say it's because of the experiment. We also can't say that it's, it wasn't because of the experiment. But in times of extreme um, uncertainty, we need to do something that acts on the system that gets it to respond. So the three tips about how do we generate options when people don't see the problem. One, again, think about if it's only something that you are seeing. If people don't see the same thing from, from their perspectives or from where they're sitting, it's probably not a problem. And it's just something that we invented. So wipe the slate clean, move on. Tip number two, reflect back with powerful questions. And you know you've asked a powerful question when people stop and think about it. They should be open-ended questions, not yes-no questions, not easy answer questions, definitely not advice. Questions that get people to think, hey, if you see the same thing I do, I can help you with that. We can do something about it. And the third is give the place a good kick in the ass with some culture hacking. Shake things up a little bit. Shake things up to the point where people have to respond. Um, use those sparingly, obviously, because you can kind of get labeled as, you know, the, the person that just cries that everything is on fire all the time. But a well-timed hack can really help people see, understand the problem, and then start to generate options for fixing it. Now, how did the story work out for me when I was working as a product owner? So I tried everything I could possibly think of to avoid this problem of releasing things into production and then breaking everything. I took stats from support. Uh, I took, you know, escape defects. I took all these measurements and these metrics and talked to people. Nothing worked. So what do you do when you can't generate any options or you can't get people to see the problem? Well, I left because I realized it was just my problem and it wasn't an organization and an environment that I wanted to work in because I wanted good quality software, which, <laughs> what a concept, right? But, you know, no, it just got, it got to the point where it was just, uh, I was the odd person out. I was the outlier and it wasn't you know they were all great people um i still talk to a few of them even today they were great people they were very smart but in that particular situation and point in time this wasn't really a big deal to anybody but me and that wasn't the way i wanted to work so i ended up leaving and going to a different organization so wish this had a nice rosy bow on it but hey sometimes when we see these problems and we can't get change to happen Maybe it's time to realize or figure out if this is the environment we want to be in. All right, so hope you enjoyed this episode of That Change Show. You can hit like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. You'll get notified when new episodes come out. And obviously, you can subscribe in your favorite podcast application, and you'll get notified as well. Check us out at leanchange.tv and thatchangeshow.com, and I'll see you on the next one.